<laughs> it was me, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everybody. We start with laughter this week. Laughter, rhymes, and tears. We didn't rhyme yet, but we're here. Kate's world-famous laughter. Oh, my God. I'm I'm so... I have so many emotions. You're so excited. Regarding the laughter from last week's episode. First of all, mm-hmm. huge apology to everyone who had to listen to it. Second of all, Zach... You're no longer my friend because I thought you were going to edit that well, shit. Well, he did. He just put it at the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious as to how many of you listen have ever stayed beyond our credits um, historically I think that's the, the best stuff, to be honest with you. Screw everything else we talk about. <laughs> I honestly, sometimes I just scrub forward until I hear the theme song ending. That's what I, I do. I just listen to the outtakes because they're wonderful. If you guys didn't know that there's outtakes, podcast mm-hmm. listeners, there are. So thank you, everyone for coming to join us on yet another edition of the show that we do together. We're all friends, and we want to be friends with you. That's true. But you're too far away, and you never answer our calls. Oh, We're talking Aria. about Arya Stark today. She has a good reason for not answering our calls. There's, uh, you know, going up and down, valleys, hills, across, on horseback, not getting a lot of sleep. I think she's a little yeah, distracted. She is. The last we saw of her was the committal of... Murder number one. Oh. It was a cold night. The wrestling wind outside the walls of Heron Hall. That's not how it goes, but everyone who's read and has followed along with us so far knows that it was a very big moment. And now we're immediately in this next chapter following it. So that's really cool. Not much time has passed. Yeah, that death was brutal. And going into the third book, we get this uh, third official chapter, you know, not counting the prologue. And it's interesting how this chapter... Um, sir, so like it's different from the previous two chapters in, in many a way, but at the same time, it fits into the overall picture. Like we followed one Stark. It's kind of like each character has something to do with the previous character. So Jamie obviously had something to do with Catelyn and Arya's her daughter, et cetera. It's just, I'm trying to find like a greater reason for this introductory order. Not to say that the chapter doesn't stand on its own because it absolutely does, but. It's just, I think this chapter works on many levels. And as you said, Zach, she's just coming off this kill that, that she killed this, um, this, this guard in Harrenhal. I would say minutes after. Yeah. I mean, it's that, it's that whole next, uh, undisclosed period of time where they feel that they're being even pursued by, um, or at least they can't rule out the possibility that they're being pursued by Roose Bolton's men, uh, the bloody mummers. And it's, it's not said exactly, you know, how far they travel, but you can imagine, I mean, day after day on horseback, maybe I should Google that. How far can a horse trot in a day? I'm going to, if a horse could trot. Eric is going to be down a Google hole now. (laughs) They're going to River Run, right? Yes. I mean, Arya really had it all planned out. She's got her map. She's got her dagger and she knows which way is north based on the way the moss is growing on the tree. Mm Yeah, which is later in in the chapter pointed out, like, there's moss growing on three sides of this tree. (laughs) (laughs) Which, what are you doing? I I think that it causes her to doubt herself. She's so self-assured until this point. She's like, this is the way we're going. We're heading north. Maybe because she's convinced that she's right, but I think mostly because she knows that she has to believe it um, or she'll go crazy. She'll, She'll begin to despair. So she just She's just convinced that she's correct, uh, and this is the way it's going to be, and this is the way they're heading, and gotta help anybody who stands in her way kind of a thing. Right. And that's one of my favorite things about Arya in this chapter. Um, she hasn't been a little girl for any of the story, as far as we know, we've known her. She's never acted like like a little girl. But in this chapter, she's 10, right? And she's forced to to act like a grown ass man true who trying to like protect her comrades and lead them like can you imagine being i'm 29 i couldn't even imagine doing that successfully and she's 10 and she's doing a really good job she's everything that she learned at winterfell is actually coming to her aid at this point um so it's yeah it's all it's all been kind of leading up to her this. ability to read is probably first and foremost and it's just funny those mm-hmm. interactions that she has when she's going through the map and she's kind of telling gendry and hot pie what things say and that, that what is it specifically they're talking about the the different streams or the different rivers the different rivers yes. she's like oh yeah. this one yeah that one call that and you know yeah the big willow well this one's ripple down very <laughs> like well just trust me it, she she was like it's written on the map it's not mm-hmm. written on the shore give me a second it, it's <laughs> right? funny though that the youngest of all of them and i'm assuming she's younger than hot pie i don't remember exactly there's probably not much age difference there but 
uh, the, the fact that she is the leader, Kate, as you mentioned, that uh, who would expect that a 10-year-old girl would be leading um, two young men through the wilderness and towards wherever they're going, River Run, but you know, Arya seems to have a problem uh, you know, in terms of going north. Um, things derailed badly the last time she attempted it. And, mm. uh, it, who knows what, what is in store for her and, and these other two as they make their way towards River Run. Well, it's, it's yeah. good to be highborn is the it first is. thing that comes into my mind. I mean, she can read because of who she is. She can ride because of who she is. Yeah. Well, that, that's the other thing too, because I'm trying to remember specifically about her childhood because they didn't, I mean, Ned didn't want her or Catelyn didn't want her to train as a man, right? They, they tried to put her in class with Sansa, but, she ended up, all I can remember is that scene in the premiere where she bests, is it Bran in, in mm-hmm. the archery? Yeah. Um, so like clearly she's learned like horseback riding, as you say, but I think it's something that, you know, it's a testament to her picking it up kind of on her own because I don't think she received much formal training in any of this stuff. Well, certainly not combat, but yeah. defi- definitely writing. Definitely. And writing and writing. Yes. Writing and writing. The two things <laughs> a girl must know growing up in Winterfell. <laughs> All right. Let's begin this chapter, shall we? The yeah. sky was as black as the walls of Harrenhal behind them, and the rain fell soft and steady, muffling the sound of their horses' hooves and running down their faces. They rode north, away from the lake, following a rutted farm across the torn fields and into the woods and streams. Arya took the lead, kicking her stolen horse to a brisk, heedless trot until the trees closed in around her. Hot Pie and Gendry followed as best as they could. Wolves howled off in the distance, and she could hear Hot Pie's heavy breathing. No one spoke. From time to time, Arya glanced over her shoulder to make sure the two boys had not fallen too far behind, and to see if they were being pursued. (laughs) Every time they mention wolves in this chapter, I believe we're meant to assume that this is Nymeria's wolf pack. That is that's with her because she's right. having she's having these wolf dreams. There's even a part where she sees a pack of wolves and she howls at them and she says that the <laughs> largest the largest wolf among them howled back. I think something like that. There's there's a point where she she mentions the largest wolf in a particular pack, and I was like, ah, Nymeria, <sighs> yes. I'm I'm really glad that you're drawing that conclusion because I was kind of scared to assume that she would be so close by. But the wolf dream at the end of the chapter kind of bookended that fear. It was like, well, if those wolves did, in fact, like if her dream is actually happening, which in her dream, the wolves attacked what we would assume is her pursuers because she recognized some of the people in the pack, then that, that technically, I mean, that, that could have been the, the, the forlorn pack of wolves that we've been hearing about so far in these books ever since she sent Nymeria away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. At the very least, another Stark is outed as, a warg, right? I mean, right. essentially, if, if, if Bran is having dreams about wolves, um, you know, John is having dreams with, with, uh, ghost and now Arya too. It's, it's really amazing how George just keeps piling the stuff Sounds on. Sansa can't though. Right. Well, her, her wolf, wolf is dead. dead. Her wolf is dead. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that is interesting. I wonder how or if that, that symbol of her wolf being dead is somehow representative of her being stifled as a person. This is a little bit of a wild one. Let me just throw this one out there, though. Maybe the the idea there is that since she goes off to court and she becomes essentially a captive, um, she can't she can't act. She's abused. She's used politically. She's thrown away uh, in in favor of another woman. Um, and I wonder if if. So let me hold on. What is what is Sansa's wolf's name? Lady? Lady. Lady. Um so I wonder if Lady's death had some was some in some way a foreshadowing of what was about to befall Sansa at at uh, King's Landing. We've drawn this conclusion before in the show and and I, and I think being a Stark and being without her wolf doesn't bode well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and and I think going back to that particular scene we had spoken about how there was something taboo about Ned killing a direwolf and how that all played into his death, whether you believe in that sort of mysticism or not. I think Ooh, that there's yeah. um, something to be said for slaying your own house sigil. And, <laughs> uh, but but getting back to Arya, um, yeah. uh, Zach, you mentioned the end of the chapter, and I, I very much think that she is inside Nymeria and she is experiencing yeah. exactly what is happening at that moment. And... It's cool that the chapter ends on that note, 
you don't get to see Arya awake from that dream. You just know that uh, this wolf has, and and its pack has completely decimated these pursuers of, or assumed pursuers of Arya, Gendry, and Hot Pie. And Eric brought up too. Now you have three known uh, Starks that are works and they can get inside the minds of their wolves and and i think some are still learning i think bran has has kind of moved to the head of the class so to speak but uh (laughs) you know it's going to be interesting to see because we haven't experienced it at all in the show with john we haven't experienced it at all in the show with Arya. but very early on in the series you've got uh you got to learn about john and now here you're learning about Arya. And what the connection is going to be to her direwolf, which she kind of cast away a bit. And that, that ties into Arya's story arc a lot too, because she's a bit of a castaway too. You know, she's very much isolated from her family. Uh, and she's kind of on her own and she's making her own way. And, you know, I'm not going to get into too much of, of who she becomes, but I, I can see in ways how it can tie back to, to Nymeria. And the kind of wolf that she is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, just seeing that uh, that there is a pack of wolves, and and you know, Kate made that connection that it it probably is Nymeria that's really not too far away is really interesting because it is a form of protection for Arya that she isn't necessarily aware that she has, just like her skill set to you know control animals um, is is not a tool that she's aware of, but she is forced to rely throughout this chapter on the tools she does know about. And, you know, as you say, she's better, uh, adapted or better adept at doing it than hot pie and Gendry. And she, she mentions, um, when she's walking through this, riding through this, this forest at at first, she should be more frightened herself. She knew she was only 10, a skinny girl on a stolen horse, with a dark forest ahead of her and men behind who had gladly cut off her feet. Yet somehow she felt calmer than she ever had in Harrenhal. The rain had washed the guard's blood off her fingers. She wore a sword across her back. Wolves were prowling through the dark like lean gray shadows, and Arya Stark was unafraid. And yes. I thought that's, I mean, that's a wonderful passage. She's so good. Close the door. He makes the point that she is traveling through, through the woods with these wolves around her and that she's unafraid. We know that Bran can sort of experience the sensations of warging um, while he is awake. He doesn't have to necessarily have wolf dreams. So far, Arya and John have experienced it through dreams. But I wonder if that connection to Nymeria is actually helping her be so calm and so rational when she's just barely dipped her toes in the world of murder and she's got this tiny girl um, and she doesn't know whether she's going the right way. She doesn't, she has no idea who's behind her, how many people have come or are pursuing them, you know? Like Nymeria, she's been thrust into a situation where she has really no other choice. Uh, she has to be the leader of this pack because the, the two other boys don't have a family to ride to. They don't yeah. have the same set of circumstances that she does. And, you know, she was the one that led the charge, like she says in this chapter. They could be smithing and cooking perfectly safe and not with me if they wouldn't have followed my lead. So I have to continue to lead. And she says, it's better if he's scared of me. Speaking of Popeye, she told herself that way he'll do like I say, instead of something stupid. Yeah. She's behaving very much like an alpha wolf in her pack. That's it. I like that a lot. I like the idea that Nymeria can, and her pack can look at Arya and her pack and they both know that these are packs of wolves and, and maybe they're actually <laughs> respecting each other in that way. Yeah, well, when they rode past the wolves nipping at some of the, the dead creatures on their journey, or should I say on their flee, fleeing journey, yeah. their, their scary fast crashing through the forest and meandering paths, uh, they ran across these wolves and respectfully, neither parties messed with each other. What does that mean? <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's, and, and who knows? It doesn't necessarily, in that instance, have to be Nymeria. It could just be right. a pack of wolves. And we know that Arya just has this instinctual nature about her that allows her to connect with them. And that is maybe just her, her background, you know, her, her lineage, mm-hmm. her, her house sigil. There's, there's something that ties the Starks to, wolves uh in in particular uh, but kate you brought up something too that i thought was worth noting um and there's there's another uh part that i wanted to read that's about three paragraphs in 
um, which ties to, to something that you mentioned where it says, others called them bloody mummers, though never to their faces, and sometimes the footmen for Lord Vargo's habit of cutting off the hands and feet of men who displeased him. Ouch. So, he yeah, mentioned the, uh, the interwoven nature of some of these chapters and how he can tie these characters together. Well, this might be one way to tie Jamie uh, in, into right. this chapter because, uh, well, well, we shall see in a, uh, in a probably like half a book uh, how this all <laughs> plays this out. No pun intended, half a book. Have a book. <laughs> I'm assuming what? in this case, because uh, we know that Locke is sort of an amalgamation of all these uh, these evil people that are alongside Roose Bolton. That that it's a bit of foreshadowing. Mm-hmm. Yes, and yeah, yeah, the the assassin can be uh, figured out probably from, or the uh, not really the assassin here, but the uh, the culprit can be inferred from some of this uh, text here. Apart from the fact that. You know, she does go and howl towards the wolves a little later in the chapter. She also, I think, rightly so fears the wolves. I mean, she is needing to stay ahead of them enough. That's the other thing is like the wolves are behind her, whether or not they're like the support group or actually on the prey, normal wolves. She needs to be Mm -hmm. far enough from them that they're not, you know, kind of getting closer and closer because that would be bad. Can I just ask a legitimate question, though? Because this just popped up into my mind, though. You're talking about um, Arya, Gendry, Hot Pie. Do you think right. Bruce Bolton gives a shit at the end of the day? <laughs> yeah, I wanted to ask, like, there is something about Bruce Bolton that, that Arya just doesn't like, right? Is it's maybe his bathes with leeches or something. But That might be it. Yeah, but I, I mean, does he really you know, care about the three of them if they're off running out in, in the wilderness where there's plenty of other people who could end up killing them? Well, if the dream at the end of the chapter is correct, and it actually happened, then definitely, because that was quite a party for, you know, how insignificant they are. I mean, was that really a Dothraki? Because, not to jump to the end, but uh, I believe one of those men is introduced as being a Dothraki Mm -hmm. warrior. Yeah. I thought they didn't ever cross the water. Um, I think that it's possible, first of all, that single Dothraki will cross the sea. Yes. Um, I think that there's, there's always going to be outliers, but certainly like a pack of a big group of Dothraki are, are not a going herd. to be crossing a herd of Dothraki, whatever mm-hmm. that is, are not going to be crossing the narrow sea. So I think that like one offs are probably fine. There's also the possibility that this man is pretending to be a Dothraki to inspire fear. <laughs> he just people. has eyeliner and he a saw long it in a movie once. Yeah. You know? Like you it's see. You see it in in Game of Thrones season one. It looks cool. It's scary. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I'm sure like it's, it's cool. No, like it just figures that yeah. uh, Roose Bolton in all of his evil, not yet, you know, his evil deeds aren't yet known, but uh, in all of his craziness, that he would he would have a, a loyal Dothraki warrior. That is interesting. Out. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Well, good for him. Good for Roose. But I mean, right? I, I think that we're <laughs> meant to draw from Arya's just opinion of him. We're sort of meant to trust. Arya, you know, she's very grounded in, in the way she yeah. feels about people. And she has a pretty good insight into the character, especially of, of people that she spends extended amounts of time with. So mm-hmm. knowing what we know from their exchanges in the last book, um, at this point, coupled with what we heard before in the last chapter, and really the chapter before that with Jamie's fear of the Boltons, I think it's it's becoming even clearer as time progresses that these are not people we want, the people we like to mix with no. anymore. They're creepy. They're, there's the leeches, the fact that Jamie and Catelyn are both terrified of the Boltons in Harrenhal. Like it's it's all just coming to this. It's it's boiling just under the surface. And on first read through, you might not even. There's so many damn characters in these books. You might not even put Heron Hall and Reese Bolton together, um, but certainly on <laughs> a reread a <laughs> or after you've already watched the show, you are paying attention to those names because you know that they're both bad news bears. Yeah, big ones. Speaking of bears, we're very excited to read you guys a <laughs> snippet. <laughs> <laughs> no! Of the chapter Transition that we thought into a pun, into a pun. Was, oh, crap. It was kind of fun. So our good friend Eric is going to play Lord of Everything. As we begin. What? I thought I was no, Mike, hot pie. Micah is Lord of Everything. Yeah. Yeah. Did I not say, did I say you Eric? Said, you said Eric. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> Micah, you have to do an accent because the rest of us have to do accents. Yeah, That's come true. on. Tell your father I'm here. <laughs> yes, that <laughs> accent. Just default to that. <laughs> that it's like he tries to read anything in that accent. It's just going to come out as tell your do, father. Uh, do Eric's Irish Spanish lady. Oh, no. <laughs> Late that afternoon. 
They emerged from beneath the trees and found themselves on the banks of a river. Hot Pie gave a whoop of delight. The trident. Now all we have to do is go upstream. Like you said, we're almost there. Are you tutor lip? I don't think this is the trident. The river was swollen by the rain. But even so, it was not the champion. Oh. <laughs> so it nice. couldn't be much more than 30 feet across. She remembered the trident as being much wider. It's too little to be the trident. She told them. And we didn't come far enough. Yes, we did. Hot Pie insisted. We rode all day and hardly stopped at all. We must have come a long way. Let's have a look at that map Said again. Gendry, Arya dismounted, took out the map, unrolled it. The rain pattered against the sheepskin and ran off in rivulets. <laughs> <laughs> We're someplace here, I she think. She said, pointing, as the boys peered over her shoulders. But, said Hot Pie, that's hardly any ways at all. See, Harren holds there, by your finger. You're almost touching it. And we rode all day. There's miles and miles before we reach the trident. She said. We won't be there for days. Well, it sounds like we are very far from the trident, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. We're also very far from playing actual dramatic roles on Game of Thrones. <laughs> I thought we, did we a great have a job. little bit of work. A little bit of work to do. Michael, you were amazing. Yeah, you were very good. You will yeah. be a shoe in. The rest of us... You need to pick up the pace a little yeah. bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I think I really bombed on my one line. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look at that map again. Let's have a look at that map again. <laughs> That's pretty good. All right. Great episode, guys. Yeah, so uh. thanks, everybody, for listening. <laughs> tell your mothers that we were here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Tell your, tell the your mothers, mothers know. The mothers know tell that your mother we were here. I'm here. Yeah. All right, so your mother already knows I'm here. <laughs> so obviously, we are lodged inside of a deep jar of pickles. Oh, and briny. the only way across is to ride our horses, mm. plural, and hope <laughs> that the water is only breast deep for said horses. Uh huh. And are we, we still in a jar of pickles? Yes. At the moment? Sorry. Yes. Okay. Mm. <laughs> Got it. And we can eventually right. make our way to the trident, which obviously is the goal. Uh-huh. And from there, River Run, which I think is probably really lucky or at least it's one of the first times where in the books i'm seeing hey these starks could possibly meet up true yep there's a promise here and i i kind of wish it could have been vocalized that's the sad part about this and it's one of those just twinges of, of ugh, that authors give you that really any storyteller gives you where they where they give you the opportunity to uh to reveal something or to at least have some exposition where you can kind of enjoy that it finally be spoken about in this mm-hmm. case it would have been kind of cool if Arya would have just turned to Hot Pie's complaining, sore, and ragged arse and said, "Because River Run is my grandfather's castle, and my brother Rob will be there." <laughs> yeah, right. it would be it would be cool. I, I suppose Arya is correct in not trusting anyone, seeing yes. as how she probably has a bounty on her head and she knows she's escaped, and that every all of her family's in really big trouble, um, and people keep killing the people that she likes. So I would also probably not tell anyone who I was. Being a Stark is not the greatest plan at this point in time. No, right. trust I, Gendry. I, I like how, uh, was it Mike who mentioned, like, the first time they were on the run when they were getting, when they had sort of escaped uh, from Yorin's group uh, after being attacked, um, and they were on their run, like, the Arya was betrayed. I mean, all of her boys yielded or just weren't, mm-hmm. you know, Hot Pie's courage is not <laughs> Roar. You know, his strongest suit. So she knows that if he were to, I mean, if she, if he were to find out, you know, again, it, it could possibly be used against her. Like she's, as you said, she's, she's right not to yeah. overindulge the details there. And you know that if they knew and they got captured and tortured, oh man, Hot Pie would be blabbing that. Blabbing oh, that gosh. out. He'd big, he'd yeah. that info right into a pie for him. He would. A hot one. Just a serve it up. Real hot pie. <laughs> serve it up. Yeah. Do we ship? I mean, do we, are we still shipping Arya and Gendry, by the way? Did we? I don't think, I don't, I think it's premature to do it, like, in mm. the books. You think I ship so? It. I ship it. I ship it. Pack it. I've, that's why Gendry's still rowing, man. You ship yes. FedEx. Mm-hmm. I do. I ship it overnight. It's a parcel. <laughs> parcel post. DHL International. <laughs> All right. Um, so the big willow has been crossed. Let's just say that. I'm going right. to assume that it was the Big Willow right. because it was slightly bigger than the next river that they met, which, again, without hesitation, she led them across. And this was a problem because they didn't want to do this. They're, right. they're, they're sleep-worn, if that's an actual thing, and they're tired, and they, they desperately need to get away from these people that they assume are hot on their tails, but they haven't really seen a sign of yet. It's very cool to see Arya making the right decisions 
in this sprint away from her captors. And since mm-hmm. we know that she's still alive, I think we can kind of just say right now that her good decision making uh, has been what has led her here. And that's why they do follow her across the river. Yeah. I mean, you know, sleep deprivation gets to the best of them though. And, and I think it was really cool. Uh, George just showing throughout this chapter, how eventually she does things do degrade to the point where she's, she's waking up uh hot pie has r- like ran into a tree, like with his horse. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's been going in circles and Gendry says, look, you need sleep. I'll take first watch. Just, just get some. Um, because she's, she's, despite her best, uh, intentions, even she's, is fallen victim to this, this need for sleep. And her only comfort is that, well, the, the bloody mummers are, you know, somewhat human too, and they might need to sleep also. So she's like, well, I've, I've kind of worked it out, you know, long enough and, and I, I do need a few hours and it's a weakness, you know, but it's, a, it's a weakness shared by all. So it's not, you know, you still have hope for her. There's a part in this chapter that I, I want to like, I don't want to read it. I want to kind of set the scene dramatically for it because this is my favorite part of this chapter Ooh. in a, in a chapter full of amazing moments because Arya is a, just a stone cold badass. But <laughs> this is a part. Okay. Picture this. Hot pie, Gendry and Arya riding on horses slowly. They're walking. They look up. They see dead bodies hanging from trees. Yes. Mm. Um, and they're hanging down. Like around their head, these are the the feet are kind of like at head level as they're riding through them. Um, Hot Pie freaks out and he starts to say some kind of prayer to himself because he's frightened. Arya looks at these dead men and she starts to recite the names of the people that she intends to kill yes. while staring at these men hanging from the trees. Then when she gets to the end of her list. She reaches up, grabs an apple from between the dead bodies that are hanging just above her head and eats the entire thing, worms and all. Holy mm-hmm. shit. This is like, this is a 10 year old girl. This is a 10 year old girl. Think about the last time you interact with a 10 year old. Like, what do they do? I don't even know what they do. They're, they're watching Justin Bieber videos on YouTube. Who knows? If, if anyone's <laughs> listening and you're 10, uh, <laughs> <laughs> what do you do? Please write what in. do you do? Please write in. <laughs> Thank you. 10-year-old info at GameOnce.com. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> dark wings, dark words. <laughs> dark wings, dark words, raven, raven, death bats. I forget. I forget. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to, th- my, if we're segueing at all into owns, which is probably a good idea, my own goes to that particular scene of Arya eating the apple. She looks up at these dead guys. She's like, oh yeah, there's some dead people that I want to make dead too. Me I'm too. hungry. I should <laughs> eat an apple. Like it's, and the apple's gross too. Like she doesn't even care. She's like, Override. whatever. It's just that her like plucking the fruit of death and ingesting Yum. it and stealing its power. I will oh, eat the heart so, of my I'm enemies. So, I'm so into it. She's so cool. She's pretty oh. cool. That was also my own. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's cool. Her persistence with the chant is, is really good. I mean, we see it twice in this chapter. She falls asleep even saying it because she, it's super important to her that she keep these men on her, you know, whatever it is, the death list. You know, I found that that's a, a really nice way to, to get myself to sleep as well. So yeah, I get it. <laughs> Think of all the people you want to kill. Yeah. Um, just name it Eric, out and it works. Micah, Kate. I'm like, I'm like, <laughs> Micah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go to our Twitter and just right, time to go to who, who else do I want to die? Uh, uh no, I won't do that. <laughs> well I'll go oh no, I'll go next. Um my own I mentioned it before, my own's gonna go to that single Dothraki guy. Don't know what the hell he was doing there, but uh good for him for finding a way across that huge ocean and you know, surviving. So good for him. Yeah. Yeah. Overcoming his fear and then S- surviving until he was taken out by wolves, yeah. Yeah. Shouldn't have crossed right. the sea. Yeah, my own actually goes to, I think this line was read earlier, Kate, you may have uh, mentioned it, but uh, it says, she would have made much better time on her own, Arya knew, but she could not leave them. They were her pack, her friends, the only living friends that remained to her. I just Aww. thought that's such a cool analogy. Own to Arya's wolf pack. Since my own was usurped by... Yes. K8. I'm going to yes. give an honorary one to Hot Pie, who says, a very prudent question. Can horses swim? Mm. Mm. That's a that's a good question. Uh, and then my actual own uh, should go to, or excuse me, will go to the moss on the trees, because it was screwing <laughs> them up the whole way. <laughs> right? 
Is there any labyrinth where the walls change or whatever? <laughs> some trees don't have them. Some trees got three-sided moss, and it's moss like, well, owned. moss owned. Is that the first that. time a plant has been given an own? I, doubt I actually it. don't think it is. Yeah. I think we give owns to plants quite often on the show. Oh my actually. god, you people! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what do you mean, you people? <laughs> <laughs> you plant lovers. Yeah. Well, I guess now it's time to take it to the phone lines. Eric, who's calling? Uh, well, our first uh, phone... Phones don't ring no, like that anymore. No, it's a tweet. Our first tweet comes <laughs> from Susan Stacy, who says, Nymeria owns the Bloody Mummers in a big way. Good. Oh, that's true. Good. Yep. Owned to Nymeria. Own. I should yeah. give Which, my own like, Nymeria. Yeah, none of us gave our owns to the cool-ass wolves. What is wrong well, with Is us? it Nymeria that's or is true. it Arya who's doing that? No. Well, both. Nymeria? Let me just say, I hope that it's Nymeria. I hope that we're not just stretching on this warg vision. I I Mm -hmm. really hope that it's her. You know, guys, we got a few other tweets that weren't uh, particularly owns, but we should mention them because we do love people who uh, send us stuff on Twitter. We also love people. First is from Aiden, or Aiden, who says, I am addicted to Game of Owns whilst I attempt to draw Winterfell before Theon. Okay. It's a nice photo of... uh, Winterfell before Theon fucked it all up. Thank you for listening. Of course, Brittany Black, uh, who we know uh, recently came to our show at Leaky, says, Oh, you know, just building the Tower of Orthanc while listening to the latest Game of Owns, NBD. <laughs> no big deal. And it's, so cool. it's the Lego Tower of Orthanc. So that's yeah. pretty cool. I like Brittany Black a lot. Yeah. She's very cool. Thank you. It's true. Teresa agrees with some of uh, what we said last week. She says, you're right. Zach made me feel crappy for not reading the books. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to finish the second as soon as I rewatch season four. I've got mixed feelings about that because I don't want anyone to feel crappy when they listen to our show. But at the same time, I'm kind of glad you did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're kind of a bully. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, Claire Ferner, who was also with us down in Florida, Zach and Kate's laughs in the outtakes of this episode are filthy. I Ooh. I know. Filthy. Okay. There's filthy laughter. This is included in our mentions as well. This is Kate's apologia, her mass apology. <laughs> God, I'm so sorry to everyone who listened to the outtakes on this week's Game of Phones. I thought Zach was going to edit it out. So, nope. I did think You're welcome, that. everyone. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was just awesome. Like, I went back and listened a bunch of times. I'm not going to lie. It's a free show. For some reason, it just killed me. I couldn't stop. I couldn't yeah, stop. Yeah, Micah, I, I had many hats on during that recording, and I took each of them off sequentially. So thank you for that. Thank it's you, true. Micah. I appreciate you know, that. Our listeners agree. If we have, if we ever erect a wall of uh, fame, you know, sort of a top 10 episodes, I think 233 is going to be probably one or two. I like this um, one, too. I'm having fun. Yeah, yeah this, this one, one, not, yeah, no, no shade on this one. This one's good too. But yeah. we did get an email from uh, Mike Burns, um, who said, this is the subject of the email, the last episode, no, the subject is, that last episode rocked. Uh-huh. Okay. All right. Awesome. This, I'm gonna, I'm gonna read this email and this is, he has the best signature of all, of all time. Um, even though he's sending from, I think AOL, people still use AOL. He's got the CDs no judgment. at home. No judgment. Okay. He sent us an email. Don't make fun of his email. Yeah, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, that's all it. Right. <laughs> hey, guys and Kate. I just wanted to say that the last episode, 233, was one of my favorites yet. I love hearing you guys gush over the series, episode to episode. I gush as well. But hearing what you had to say during the panel at LeakyCon was super awesome. I really appreciate Zach and Eric holding off on reading the books. I would not want to be in your shoes, but it really does make listening to your show extra exciting. It's super cool to get to relive what it was like to read the books the first time through by listening to Zach and Eric get all excited and concoct all these theories. Yes. Also, Zach's push to get the panel audience to read the books at the panel was freaking beautiful. <laughs> May the That's old the gods and the new bless you all for being such awesome Ice and Fire fans that you make being a fan even more awesome. Wow. With most sincerity, Mike of House Burns. Aww, that was Mike, really kind of you. Mike of House Burns. You rule. Thank you. you. Rule. Thank you. I'm glad we read that. That Who was, that was fair. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was that was very kind of you, sir. We have a very, very uh actual good time doing this. Like we, we have a lot of we fun. actually get legitimately excited to make the show. And knowing that you guys are having fun with it as well. I mean, that's just like multiplication on top of how fun it is for us. So to everyone, not just Mike, thank you. 
I th- I may have said this last time when we were recording. I can't remember. But um, when I listened to the live show, which I unfortunately was not present for, I was there in spirit. Um, yes. It was it was so freaking weird to hear people reacting to you guys <laughs> because it's usually just you guys reacting and me cackling hysterically mm-hmm, or whatever. Like but I'm I'm just sitting here alone what are you talking about? and there's you nobody around. Ra- there's no reason. <laughs> Shut up, Micah. We both know the truth. Uh-oh. Sorry, my dog just knocked over my guitar. Go on. Good job, Strike. He's yeah. just like, does he just like tear through your house while you're podcasting? He's like, he's he's like now's my chance. I'll fuck everything yeah, up. Yeah, exactly. I think Eric's warging into him. Yeah, that must be it. But speaking of saying nice stuff, yeah. We yeah, I was just saying, I was saying nice stuff. I was saying how nice it was to hear people actually reacting to the show in the, during the live recording and how gratifying it is to think that people actually react to our show because it's just me talking to you guys and then i just go about my life i'm like that was a fun conversation with my bros three my little little game of owns homies a little homies yeah yeah three other people but then you actually yeah it it, it was weird you know sitting up there and you get that immediate response yeah you you get laughter so you know that on some level you must be saying something that's funny uh, oh, unless boy. they're laughing at or they're you. on drugs. Yeah. It could be all have been yeah. on drugs. But speaking of that, <laughs> um, I did find some other tweets here um, from people, some who were in Orlando, others who um, were not, but that's okay, um, talking about the end of the last episode. Ladies and gentlemen, Micah Tannenbaum reads some <laughs> tweets that Eric didn't bother to mention. Uh, we have one from Megan, who was in Orlando. Uh, she says, the laughter at the end of the latest Game of Bones episode is killing me. This is, she's quoting Kate. Your name is Micah. You think you could talk into a mic. <laughs> it's still funny a week later. <laughs> yeah, Mike. Ah. Uh, uh, I've never made that connection. <laughs> also, Nicole says, you guys gave me an ab workout with that last blooper. God damn it. Thank you. That's really all we've ever wanted. So. Just give people ab workouts. You'll notice that most of these are like cute ladies. Who are tweeting at you guys? Our our fandom, our our fan base is probably like eighty percent women, eighty percent babes, eighty yeah. percent total babes. Right. Well, not many, not many things uh, can tout that. So thank you again, then, everyone. Uh, <laughs> speaking of that, uh, Jasmine Marie. Oh, and this Jasmine. this is a good. This is a very good tweet. I like it a lot. Fortunately, <laughs> I had already parked my car, but I accidentally <laughs> honked the horn with my knee while laughing. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Oh, that's good. I hope so, that it was like a high pitched one and not like a guttural, you know, like on the bigger yeah. vehicles. I hope it was like a Honda Civic. Like, like a that was, of course, in response to Micah's tweet oh. to not operate heavy machinery while listening to Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. which I think, like, to to have a podcast episode that earned that disclaimer is, is like, is, was on my bucket list. Like, don't operate heavy machinery. Yep, that's the episode that, that gets that, you know, tagline at the end. Oh, right. no. And it's, it's it's fun. It's the off season right now, and everyone who's with us are a special breed of awesome. And so, yeah, yeah. we're having a good time. That's yeah. really cool. You know, as Zach mentioned, we are in the off season, and I have to say, speaking on behalf of all of us, it, it's it's just really our thrill to be producing still some of the best episodes that the podcast has ever had. I mean, if Definitely last episode was yeah, yeah, if last episode was the best or the funniest or made you nearly crash your car, I mean, that's and I don't want to say that's what we're going for. <laughs> But it's it's absolutely <laughs> it our pleasure. Of, it's it's our pleasure, and also don't send us your car bills. But uh, it's it's definitely our pleasure to <laughs> to be helping you in the laughter. Plus, it's all Thrones passion, and I, I I'm trying to remember exactly how it relates to the laughter last week. But that that was a review of our podcast, right? It was a a very unfavorable review. Um, so oh, it wasn't that unfavorable. Driver. Actually, taxi driver, just for everyone listening, uh, he did, yes. he did, he did in fact, uh, write back and respond <laughs> to us if you've been wondering. And I think we should pass this to Micah, uh, before I think uh, Micah should oh, read gosh. this. Yes. Here's your, here's your official follow up towards last week's, uh, iTunes review by <laughs> taxi driver. Yep. He, uh, he did make an update to his review and he says, thanks for the shout out, Micah. You clearly read my review and learned from it. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> he changed his review to five stars from three yes, taxi driver. He did. Yeah, he did. And look, Thanks, I mean, I, I think that's what we're all talking about here. Obviously, uh, taxi driver, um, first of all, thanks for being a stand up guy and actually 
you know, kind of playing along here and having a little bit yeah. of fun because <laughs> that's really what we're all about. I mean, the four of us get together and we have a lot of fun week in and week out, sometimes multiple times a week doing this show. And we really enjoy talking with each other, talking with all of you, getting your feedback, incorporating into the show. That's what made the live show uh, so special was being there in person and interacting with all of you and, and getting that immediate response. But this is just one of those things that it shows that we really have great people who listen to the show that, you know, I can joke mm-hmm. around and, and make fun of somebody who was, you know, being a little bit tongue in cheek with me. And then he goes back and he, he does what he did or she for that matter um, on, on iTunes. So, and most yeah. importantly gives us five stars, which, you know, <laughs> yeah. nothing less is acceptable. Right. So stuff like stuff like the live show, when we go out to conventions and put on like, special broadcasts or um, when we can make multiple episodes a week. I feel like that to us is the ideal situation because those are, that's just us getting to have more fun talking to each other um, and getting to have more fun interacting with you. In all honesty, uh, over the years of, of doing similar things in front of audiences, uh, I, 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 I can't say that there's been a more fun and receptive audience than what we had at LeakyCon. It was just special. And then all of you that came and said hello and hung out with some of us afterward, it was just, you know, it's, it's painting the whole experience for us and, it, and it's painting, uh, even a clear picture of what we'd like to see and what we'd like to do with the show. So, uh, in the spirit of how we've always been and, and, and after I mentioned last week of hopefully, uh, in the future working toward, producing more episodes and, and doing more interesting things like a live show that's not attached to a convention that you need to pay for. Like maybe there's right. an event in your city. Like maybe yeah. there are opportunities that can happen and we've established a way that this is possible. And if you are interested in helping out the show, you can visit patreon.com slash Q. Patreon.com slash Q. This is brand new. Guys, this is, yeah, we do need a high, like uh, yeah. guitar, guitar solo. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Electric. We'll rock. put in like Just, the yeah. Wow, 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 <laughs> okay. wow, like wow. and then an explosion. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is brand new, guys. That we're goo. nervous about this. This we is are. something we're nervous about. Let's just be totally honest. We, we don't, don't know like if this ads. is going to make. We don't like ads. We don't like even asking for cashola, and we don't no. want to alienate any of you guys. So, like, what do you do? So we're like, we're, we're just trying this thing out. Yeah. Because that's what all the cool the kids are doing. Yeah. So Patreon, I'm sure that many of you are familiar with Kickstarter, um, which is a, a site where you have a moderate to large amount of money, usually, that you're trying to head for a goal. Um, and people contribute to it to crowdsource the development of some kind of product. Um, so Patreon is similar conceptually. What you can do is, as someone who produces creative content, you can ask for money donations to be uh, applied toward a total, which is totally transparent. As a as a backer, you can see like how many people are backing a project, how much money they're bringing in per month or per piece of content that they create. Um, there are tiers that you can back, and it's a monthly subscription. So for us. We are starting, I think, at the $1 and $5 tier, mm-hmm. um, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so you can choose to give us a buck a month, five bucks a month, anywhere in between. You give us one penny a month if you wanted to. Um, it doesn't, it, it's, it's whatever, whatever you feel like the show is worth to you. Um, and we want to see, uh, how well this pans out. And if it goes well, then we are, we've got tons more tiers that we have. Uh, in the works, we've, we've been talking about a bunch of different really cool stuff, for but we weeks. didn't for like weeks. And we, we didn't want to start off with anything crazy because we didn't want you guys to be like, what? So you can back at those levels, uh, and we will attempt to give you really cool extra content that will be worth your $1 or $5 or $2.75 a month or whatever. Um, things that may include bonus episodes per week, things that may include tons of outtakes, tons of uh, background conversation that we, we bullshit that we've never posted before. (laughs) We never post this stuff because it makes us sound like idiots, but like we would save it and say, and like put it in a little file so you can see it. We, we always have these moments of bullshitting before the show, after the show, 
Um, and this is during stuff that you during the show that gets cut out because Zach, Zach's number one priority is to make us all sound really like smart and cohesive, but we're not. That's, not That's the secret. Yeah. This, this is, this, this is what I tell myself. Um, so there's lots of audio content. Um, some other things that are potentially in the works are some cool, um, physical rewards that we, mm-hmm. we would maybe add those physical tiers if there's enough interest in the Patreon. Um, and then we've, we've talked about doing things like having a tier where you can have like a date night with the four of us and yeah. we all hop on Skype with you and we like drink some wine and we talk about whatever you want to talk about. Maybe we'll do like, we'll just talk Game of Thrones with you if you want to, or we can like give you advice on your relationship or help you with your homework, whatever you, whatever you <laughs> want to do. do, whatever 10 year olds, what do 10 year olds do? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so anyway, these are all ideas. Um, we're starting very small because we, and if you guys just absolutely hate this idea, then please let us know and we will hang our heads in shame. Nicely. <laughs> but if you do think it's a good idea, it's something that we're really excited about trying and it just allows us to produce more better content, um, which is something that we'd be really excited to do. Yeah. The, the main goal here is to allow ourselves to free up time and apply it toward creating a crazier, experience because there's so much story left there's so much show left and there's so much more that we could be doing one episode a week isn't isn't like something that we are disappointed with making just because the show is not getting more than one episode a week we find ourselves throughout the week getting antsy because we want to hang out and record and we want to make this episode we want to make the show for you guys so yes i have actually i've i've been sending them text messages i'm like hey if you guys want to record more episodes let me know let yeah, me know. Can do yeah. like three or four times a week. Just so. But I think the, one of the other important things is too, and I know it was mentioned possibly, but, um, you know, this is, this is all uh, up to you. Like it's all voluntary. We're still going to produce totally. our episodes every Same week. Show. And that, that does not tie into this at all. It's only if you want to sort of experience all the little extras that we have out there. Exactly. Uh, and. We're still going to be the same four people coming to you each week, um, or maybe more than once a week. Hopefully. <laughs> Otherwise, we're never going to finish Storm of Swords uh, <laughs> before season five starts. Uh, yeah. But yeah, um, I echo everything Kate said. Yes. And if you, you guys choose not to back, back us on Patreon, no hard feelings. Just That's leave totally us five fine. stars on iTunes and we'll call it even. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, but if you, and don't ever be afraid of us like charging for the show because that would be ludicrous. No. So if, if you're like, Patreon happen. sounds gross, then no worries. You will still get these lovely high per production value episodes every week and we will be happy to deliver them to you free of cost. But if you secretly love us and you want to give us, if you just like wish you could sidle up to us in the street and like shove a little dollar in our pocket, uh-huh. we take it. We uh-huh. take that. Take that dollar. See, Patreon to me just seems, and I, I wasn't familiar with it um, through other podcasts or anything until we were just, we started talking about it amongst ourselves. But it seems like a really great opportunity to allow us to provide some of the things that we've been really wanting to yeah. provide, yes. you know, for, for weeks, yes. for months, things that we talked about doing even years ago years, that were just yeah. not within, they were not attainable in any other way, but we want to do it because we have a very, you know, kind of a great, uh, listening audience who not only the ones that, you know, we got to see in person, but we know week to week when we ask for owns, we get, you know, entire lists of owns. And it's just, we have a, a sort of a family or a camaraderie or they're kind of like bannermen really are. Our, our yeah. listeners are, you know, they feel yeah. like Bannerman. It's like, call the banners every week. There's a new episode of Game of Owns. So we're really just trying to think of really cool ways to bring you guys more stuff um, than we normally can due to, you know, our limited schedules and the fact that, you know, there's just all sorts of other stuff going on. So it's really, this is a way to kind of bridge to, to start doing some of that. We are on a quest to remain completely independent throughout the entire life of our show. And this is just a step toward a direction of, of, of progression. You know, like this is, this is a step toward progression and it's a step toward what's next. And we are very, very excited to see, uh, what we're all able to do together. So thank you in advance, uh, either way, because again, uh, we wouldn't be doing this if you guys weren't so awesome. Actually, you probably would, but we would, we'd be, you know what? Never mind. <laughs> we would probably do this anyway, but I mean, we could do it more. <laughs> we could do it more. We're not going to have a 15 minute pitch on every episode. Don't worry. Probably like when, when Eric reads out the social media stuff at the end of the episode, it'll be like, but support us on patreon.com slash goo or whatever. So it's not going to be any egregious advertising or anything. Um, 
yeah, I just don't, I don't ever want the listeners to feel gross. Yeah. And that's why we don't do ads because yeah. ads make us feel gross. Yeah. It's a little gross. You know what else yeah. is gross? It doesn't feel right. What? Fucking moss. <laughs> you know, I just saw this email. Where nice. did this come from? I just saw this email. It popped up. Read the name uh, at the top. It's an, uh, Aiden BP, Aiden BP. Send us an email. We're talking about emails, uh, before we're into the Patreon stuff, but there's this one. I'll read it real quick from, a- from Aiden or Aiden. Hello, Game of Owns. My own for Aria is the moss, which was on all sides of the nice. trees throughout the chapter. Yep. We mentioned Jeez. this. Uh, continuing the email, that stupid moss always trying to trick poor, murderous, highborn little girls. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Poor, murderous, highborn. Yep. She's all of those things. <laughs> uh, thanks for being extremely funny and great at everything Game of Owns. Iden, P.S. is a postscript, ladies and gentlemen. The art of the letter dictates that postscript is about the most elegant thing you can do. The postscript in this email is oh. fucking moss. So great. There you go. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's clear great. that Iden does not like moss. Yeah. Well, oh, neither do I. I. Love it. Actually, I do. You, you but, give your um, own to moss. If you like moss, and not Kate Moss, if you like moss in general, send some uh, you know rebuttals to our contact at gameofowns.com. That's our email inbox. Yeah, and all of your owns as well. We have mm-hmm. Tyrion mm-hmm. coming up next. We're probably going to do two chapters Woo-hoo. next week. Who knows? Yeah, we'll two, see. Chapter, two chapters. We'll see. We'll see. Our Patreon is alive and well at uh, patreon.com slash goo. Uh, we have, of course, the email account, contact at gameofowns.com. You can visit us on Facebook. Uh, we've neglected to mention some of the activity that's going on there recently, but it's super awesome and always funny. Visit us, scroll upon our wall. It's facebook.com slash gameofowns. And uh, what am I forgetting here? Uh, iTunes, of course. Wait, uh, Twitter is <laughs> twitter.com slash gameofowns. And then there's iTunes. Yeah, so the plan is that we are able to make seven episodes a week, have a live show every other week, and everyone comes and uh, stays in a hotel and, and has big read-alongs, and it would just be fun, right? Let's just Guys, figure our normal bit. lives. Yeah, we're all sure. young. We're all friends. Totally. Yeah. We actually, I think we can we can say that we have even crazier ideas than that. We do. So stay tuned, everybody, and stick yeah. around, because the Fleshless Dead are coming.